As a forgiven and a beloved people, let us hear our Hebrew scripture reading for today. I'm reading from Psalms, Psalm 103 to be exact, verses 1 through 13. And I am reading from the Common English Bible Translation, but as always, I encourage you to hear this or to follow along in the biblical language that best connects you with God. So once again, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 13. Therefore, let my whole being bless the Lord. Let everything inside me bless God's holy name. Let my whole being bless the Lord and never forget God's good deeds. How God forgives all our brokenness, heals us from sickness, saves our lives from the pit, and crowns us with faithful love and compassion. How God satisfies you with plenty of good things so that your youth is made fresh like an eagle's. The Lord works righteousness, does justice for all who is oppressed. For God made their ways known to even Moses, made their deeds known to the Israelites. The Lord is compassionate, compassionate and merciful, very patient and full of faithful love. God won't always play the judge. He won't be angry forever. God doesn't deal with us according to our brokenness or repay us according to the ways we have fallen short. Because as high as heaven is above the earth, that's how large God's faithful love is for those who love God. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed that brokenness from us. Like a parent feels compassion for their children, that's how God feels compassion for those who honor and love our creator. These are the lessons of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. (sighs) What a song. What a song to God. Let my whole being bless the Lord. Let everything inside of me bless God's holy name. Together, Today, we come to explore this powerful message of Psalm 103 with a focus on embracing the goodness of God through our bodies. So often you hear me say when we have a particularly, I feel, exciting hymn, that this one is a swear. (laughs) Because I worry that sometimes we forget about our bodies in worship. Uh, You all know, New England is often known as the frozen chosen. We we don't like to move. 
Sometimes we say the Holy Spirit is absolutely allowed in here, but she must sit quietly in the corner and not make any trouble. Amen? Amen. We forget that we have bodies. Sometimes we want to forget them. Amen? Sometimes they don't work the way we want them to. Or we find ourselves getting older with a few more creaks and snaps in our joints and our bones. Um, I've noticed that I've started to get up from the couch the way my parents did. (laughs) With a stretch. But our bodies are still intended to be moved, but in the best way that we can move them. Our bodies were meant to dance, if you will, as a sign of our love for God, as, as an instrument itself of praise. And so I invite you to dance with me a little bit with this psalm. Far too often, especially within Western Christianity and in our secular society as well, the stuff that is not directly church-related, we've been taught to view our bodies as a problem. Especially for, for women, we've been taught to not take up too much space, to not be loud, to not call too much attention to ourselves, or maybe we're not calling enough attention to ourselves. We get a lot of really confusing messages. And far too often we've been taught to view our bodies not only as a problem, but also as insignificant in our theology, insignificant in the way that we encounter God or even think about God through our bodies. We've been taught through sermons and Sunday school lessons and, yes, through a media which emphasizes, I'm going to say it, whiteness and thinness. Amen? We get conflicting messages with regard to these amazing bodies that God has blessed us with. Bodies of all colors, ages, sizes, genders, gender expressions, abilities, neurodiversities. We are amazing beings. And this goes for men and women. It goes for queer, straight, trans, and cis. We are constantly being given messages that that encourage us to be at war with the very vessels for praise which our creator has given us. So you may be saying to yourself, what are these messages that we receive? How have we been receiving them for all of our lives? And God love you if you've never experienced being told what to do with your body. Well, how many of us beat ourselves up when we look in the mirror or judge someone based on the way they look or present themselves. Where do you think that kind of judgment on others and ourselves comes from? It's not coming from God. It's an internalized messaging that goes as far back as our own childhoods. On one hand, we are given the message and told that the body is to be subjugated. The body is something that is to be tamed especially if that body does not conform, does not conform to society's image of what quote-unquote perfection should be. Amen? Amen? And if you don't meet that standard, well, that's your own fault. 
It's because you're not good enough, or you don't have enough willpower, or you're not trying hard enough. This message is received in churches, silent messages that we don't even realize. Like when the altar is only accessible by those who are able-bodied. When you can only preach the word or testify when you can reach the pulpit. These are the messages we receive. And then they're reinforced by television and social media across the nation, which has resulted in oppressive and dangerous laws and punishments created in the name of religion. And let me tell you, that's not a religion that I follow, amen? Black, brown, queer, female bodies are particularly in danger at this very moment in our history as a result of these problematic teachings that we have taken in and absorbed and made them part of ourselves. And then, let's confuse things even further. Then, on the other hand, and less so, admittedly, in the secular world, but very much so in our churches, we are also taught that, well, what happens to the body in this world doesn't matter. It's insignificant. It shouldn't matter. Because there's another world, another world that's so much better than these earthly concerns. This kind of religious teaching is dangerous because it's been the basis for the oppression of people in our country for centuries. Indigenous, black, brown, Asian bodies. Today, we see it applied to the poor, the needy, the different, the struggling, the immigrant, the list goes on. And it's given Christians throughout history permission to ignore the plight of those other bodies. Because to be concerned about the material, physical needs of bodies means that your faith is weak. Or maybe you're just not a real believer. But here's the thing. We have the power to change this. We have the ability to create a more perfect and holy community by breaking this cycle of love and hate with our bodies. This is a truly transformative power that comes from a place of divine, capital L, love. When we can truly take the time to see ourselves as God sees us, this transformative power comes when we take the time to love these bodies and to see our bodies as tools for celebrating the goodness of God, not as symbols of the terribleness of humanity. Which is why I want to focus on the first few lines and the last few lines of this psalm, this hymn, if you will, which speaks to the sacredness of our bodies and God's inherent love for those bodies that we have been blessed with. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. 
the one who forgives all our iniquities, who heals diseases, who redeems life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. As a loving parent shows compassion to their children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who love their creator. And might I add, with all their body and soul and mind and heart. Take a moment to reflect on these verses. In these few lines, the psalmist proclaims that our bodies are important and not separate from our spirituality. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless God's holy name. Instead, these bodies are integral to our journey of faith. Your bodies are not a problem. Let me say that again. Your bodies are not a problem. The space that you take is not a problem. They are not something to be ashamed of or hidden away, even when maybe they don't work the way we want them to. The psalmist is directing us, telling us to praise God with all that is within those bodies. They are sacred instruments for celebrating the goodness of God. Now, this may be a message different from what you have heard, but it is not a new idea. It is a theological concept that is not brand new. This concept of bodies being inherently good, being things to be cared for and cherished. And I'm not talking about 21st century self-care, amen? Because let's be honest here. Ain't nobody got time for that. It's not a 20th or 21st century concept. Guess who else knew that there was a divine connection between spirit and flesh and bone? Besides Jesus, John Wesley. He believed in holiness of heart and life. He taught that God's good grace works within our bodies to transform our hearts. He believed in, and how did he do this? How did he display this understanding of the connection between spirit and body? Well, our founder believed in access to health care and education for everyone at every level of society. How do we know this? Well, besides his prolific writings, his first church that he built from the ground up, the Foundry, it's still there in London. The Wesley House is still there in London. It had a dispensary built into it, a place to get medicine, because he believed that the rich shouldn't be the only ones who could afford wellness and health. 
He even wrote a fascinating little book called The Primitive Physic, which contains remedies and folk treatments that he tried out himself and made notes of what worked and what didn't. And I recommend that you check it out. I have a copy in my office. It is both hilarious and fascinating. Wesley believed that bodies were vessels of grace. He believed that the sacrament of communion was medicine for the body and the spirit. He believed that our bodies were vessels of grace to extend love, kindness, and justice to others. And we were called as Christians to affirm that holiness, to strive to shore up the very bodies of those whom Protestant theologies of the time deemed as unworthy because of the state of their bodies, the poor, the sick, the addicted, the slave. And who else believed about this divine connection? Well, some of you know that if I had to choose between Martin Luther King Jr. and Howard Thurman, both prominent BU school of theology figures, I might add, I would pick Howard Thurman, a prominent theologian and civil rights leader in his own right, because in his writings, and certainly in his book, Jesus of the Disinherited, which I recommend we all read, Thurman reminds us that in our bodies, our very bodies, we carry the divine spark of God's creation. Our physical beings connect us to one another and to the creator. Our very existence on this planet is a testament and a reflection of God's intention for us to live in community and love one another. But wait, there's more. Catholic mystic and priest Henry Nowen, another one of my theological boyfriends, <laughs> in his profound writings emphasizes the importance of embracing our vulnerability and brokenness. Two books in particular come to mind for me that I've read, The Prodigal Son and The Wounded Healer. He emphasizes the importance of embracing our vulnerability and our brokenness. Our bodies often bear the scars of life's challenges. And I would say our minds too, amen? But through them, Nowen feels and believes that we can find healing and wholeness. God's love and mercy are evident as we seek to mend those physical and spiritual wounds together. They're inextricably linked. And of course, bell hooks. A feminist and womanist writer and thinker, she reminds us that our bodies have been subjected to societal judgments and objectification throughout time. But we can reclaim our bodies as sacred spaces where we then celebrate God's goodness. In doing so, we challenge those narratives. We challenge the, the harmful directives that we have taken in and have plagued our faith for traditions 
and generations. Or as I like to say, God don't make junk. And none of us here have been created as anything other than beautiful, wonderful reflections of light and love in the world. So as we reflect on these words of the psalmist, let us recommit ourselves to loving our bodies, amen, or at least trying. Let us recommit to embracing the goodness of God through our sacred bodies. Let us remember that we are called by the psalmist that everything inside us is to praise God's holy name, a God whose love is boundless, and our bodies are beautiful expressions of that unbounded divine creativity. May we be inspired by the examples of the teachings of Wesley, of Thurman, Nowen, and Hooks, and more to honor our bodies as instruments of God's love, as agents of transformation then in the world. And in doing so, may we move closer to a fuller understanding of our faith, as it is embodied and as it works through the world in a physical and spiritual way. And through that, a deeper connection to our creator. May we all leave this space today with joyful hearts, celebrating with all that is within us the goodness of God and knowing that in our bodies, we too carry that sacred light of love in the world. May it be so for each and every one of us. Amen.